Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Here at the Recycle Garage in sunny, sunny Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz, California. And again, that blazing sun is yeah. out. A uh, big show for you tonight, really big show. Yeah. Woohoo! I can see the spotlights. <laughs> tonight in the garage, you have me. This is Liza. Hello, world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all listening the entire world. Hi. Naked Jim here. Uh, dirt bikes are awesome, and uh, so are the roads around here. So that's my little thing. And on the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got... Bagel. Yes, 923. What does that mean? It's some Greek thing. My ratio. 9 to 3? Yes. Or like a corset? That's right. Like a corset? Is I'm that what we're talking three about? 3 to 9, I should say. Running, running to non-running. Oh, oh you have three running, yeah. three yeah. running, three running now. That's the most I've heard in quite some time. I want to say it's been a little while, yeah. But uh, and uh, next up on the pretty girl couch, we've got. Chirp. Yeah. Uh, no, that's it. Nobody. That's just... <laughs> 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 wow, uh, for as many riddance. people as we had here today, and as many people who are still standing outside the garage, hanging out and talking. Nobody wanted to stay. Yeah. yeah. That. Good but riddance. I they think, just take up chairs and microphones. I think it's part too. of the summer weather. And normally when it gets, um, even though we have warm weather all year round, but mm-hmm. come uh, evening, the cold weather comes in, it's staying warm. And I think people are just like, yeah, no, I, well, I want to go do stuff. It's either that or the sunstroke. Yeah, I don't know. I was out today and uh, I had things to take care of, but um, took a ride this afternoon and I checked in with Liza. Yeah, I'll be down for the podcast. And the day just went by and I was out riding because it was really nice day to be out riding. So yeah, the fact that we're the only knucklehead sitting inside this uh, sweat box, (laughs) sweat lodge, is that what we're doing? Um, but a lot did go on, and we had a yeah. lot of new people come today. Yes, and we had some uh, listeners for the, to the podcast come in. So, um, yeah, lots going on. But let's let's just cover what we did. So Jim and I went dirt biking again yesterday. No news there. Mm-hmm. I realized, like, oh, it's like a broken record. Hey, we went dirt biking. Um, but we took some <laughs> of the women who are going to be coming on the Pakistan trip, the Chickasaners, I call it. Which, by the way, if anyone has a more PC name, <laughs> the, trip, <clears throat> I, I, all, the only other thing I came up with was Bitchistan or Cuntistan. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Bitch yeah. So, in wow. relationship to that, Chickasaan is the best option. I remember we, we bartered back and forth, or bantered, maybe, I should say, and we just couldn't come up with a better name, so I'm sure someone can come up with something a little bit better. I know. I'm I'm flailing <laughs> on that one. Um, but I'm, So we took some of the women riding like we did before, a couple of new people this time. Um, we had Olya, Cassie, and Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, took directions and just charged. And Tiffany, this is her second time riding, and she actually did better this time. Yeah, she did do better. Um, and it always amazes me. Um, not amazes me, but you know what I really enjoy about that is watching the improvement over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. When you look at each one of them individually, how they started the day, even though they all have this commonality, they all had such this unique place they were coming from and, and skill sets or lack thereof, whatever. Um, and it was fun to watch them each progress um, in their own way. And they tested their metal. This wasn't like this. I, w- I wouldn't call this an easy first outing. No. 
Um, but but I thought I like the way we we um, and you can speak to it. But the way we kind of started along the way we began with them, um, the first trails we took them on when we took them into the more technical section. Um, by the way, we got to fucking talk about Ayersberg. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm just don't know. We haven't talked about Ayersberg. That's <laughs> fucked up. Um, but with that said, I, I think we had a nice progression. Um, you know where they could um, where they could they could really challenge themselves. And what, and you had that nice speech at the beginning. I did. I had a speech because um, I guess I'll be talking more and more about this Pakistan trip. Um, I'm really, uh, this is like the dream team of female riders coming on this trip, some of which have Wikipedia pages, many of which have been guests on this podcast, and some of which have only been riding a couple of years and haven't uh, done any great accomplishments on a motorcycle. And I think we're feeling a bit intimidated by the pedigree of many of the other women on the trip. And so I gave them just a speech, just a reminder. It said, look, I, anybody who not only like agrees to come on this trip, but wants to come on this trip and has cast aside the concerns that everybody else has about the cost or the danger or stuff like that. Anybody who's like, yes, I recognize this is going to be an experience. I want to come. That makes you a moto adventurer. And that is the common thread amongst us all which means just by you committing to this and the attitude that you have going in you are one of us you've already earned your stripe in my book because there's a lot of people as bagel you know because you took did a trip a lot of people uh they have doubts or concerns or oh, yeah. this and that or you know yeah, there were there were a lot of people who were you know sent so it sounded interesting but no they didn't want to do that and you know where they thought about it but no they didn't want to you know take that chance and but you know, but a few of us, we, we felt that we were up to the task, and we didn't care about you know what people thought. We just knew that we knew the risks and and were willing to take them. And but they we, they were manageable. You know, there was the, frankly the risks were you know avoiding the potholes in the road and the the animals that are just sitting there in the curves and stuff. You know. So that said, the part of the reason we're taking these women dirt bike is not so yeah. much to make them better dirt bike riders, but for anyone who rides on the street, dirt skills transfer mm-hmm. to the street. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Big time. You know, I, I urge anyone who mm-hmm. has the opportunity to go out and dirt bike, and you don't, it's not about how high you can go on that jump or, you know, how mm-hmm. what, how, the dirt rooster tail you can send up, oh, but yeah. just doing simple trail riding and watching these women learn to adjust their bodies in a way that on street, is the opposite of what we're used to Mm -hmm. and becoming comfortable with the rear wheel sliding around um which will transfer over when you're riding on bad roads things happen especially when you're riding on bikes that aren't dirt bikes they're street tires and you'll be on good tarmac and then suddenly there's a sandbar across the road and your body has to adjust Mm -hmm. to a different riding position yeah and and as you squirrel through that so they're doing great um one of my favorite moments was when I gave Tiffany some instructions and I said, look, when you're going over these, um, uh, like jumps or berms, you know, I said, what you want to do is slide your butt back, lean back and blip the throttle just a little bit. And if you get the front wheel slightly up in the air, then you're going to land flat as opposed to the front wheel going up and the front wheel going down. And then all your weight is going and down nose, with the bike and nose diving. Yeah. And so I gave her that instruction, and then we turned around on the trail, and we were heading back down the trail, and she tried it while going downhill, uh-huh. which I was like, oh, yeah, no. Uh, and she kind of <laughs> launched. Oh, no. <laughs> 
So she tried it. She already had good speed because she's going downhill in a section. Right. Usually your engine braking. Right. So right. she blipped it. Now it's like it multiplies your speed by about four ramp. times. Right? Yeah. And she <laughs> goes in the air and I saw her left leg go flying off the bike. Oh my God. And she came down and landed on one foot and in her ass. Oh wow. And then immediately the trail does a right turn. Oh shit. And she's all the way to the left side when she lands. <laughs> wow. She gets her leg on locks up the rear wheel and manages to slide it wow. around the turn and keep going. Nice. It looked like an experienced biker getting control. Right. <clears throat> and and I know it was her going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. But her just the body right had enough uh, input to know how to adjust without mm -hmm. she had good reactions right, right. Yep. she had good reactions yep. cool. and that was just fun to see that's awesome yeah you know um one of the things is as individuals everybody is they all they all shared i think from the explorer um comment is they were they were tenacious as fuck i mean pardon my french but you know i was sweeping a lot and um um, and it was it was good riding, and we had them on you know intermediate trails pretty quick. I mean, within the first hour, we were in the trials area. We were on intermediate trails, not pushing hard, but I think by now we know what people are capable of, and, and these these women could ride. Um, they all shared in common was, um, and I saw all of them do it. Is they dropped their bikes, they crashed a shitload. I mean, those <laughs> bikes took a took a whooping, and each one of them, they all picked their bikes up, they all started them, and and oh yeah, man, she kick started that bike all day long on sides of hills on everything else and she's got to work on her kickstarting a little bit i don't know um but anyway the thing they all shared was they were tenacious and you could tell they all were going to follow through with what they started so um i'd imagine that will run through the vein of everybody that's going to be on that trip yeah uh yeah it good experience it makes you a better street rider gives a little more confidence i highly recommend it and and prepares you for unexpected terrain as well like you'll get in pakistan for sure oh, yeah, yeah well yeah we were you know that's a good point bagel because we did little things it's not a big deal to us mm -hmm. but we broke a brake lever front brake lever yeah and it's like oh and it's like well fuck it you don't really need it anyway right right so um and we had like a piece of plat you know some plastics fly off and my, <laughs> things, my <laughs> are falling your things are falling over your bike <laughs> they were my tail light like we stopped license my oh, tail because yeah. it's my dual sport the tail light assembly's <laughs> flopping all over fucking bail wire that shit <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of it was I thought it was good for them to see us taking shit off taking off gas tanks you know taking screws in and out blah blah and that's part of the the experience of of riding you know the, the yeah shit breaks down and you hang out and you have some food so I thought it was good you know I thought it was a lot but man the the the, the amount of fun I think they had on the when we rode that last trail again that we started the day on everyone was going faster everyone I think felt a lot freer so it was a good experience yeah it was I mean shit dirt biking with chicks all day I'm in <laughs> I guess I should have started with that. Yeah, and then Naked Jim made an appearance. <laughs> I, it needs a soundtrack. I can't believe I did that. I'm so glad you kept videoing, though. It, it hopefully it never sees the light of day. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, so yeah, go dirt biking. It is a good experience. It really helps you become a better rider. Yep. And get an old beat-up dirt bike. Man, they fucking run, and they're cheap, and you drop them, and shit breaks, and like a lever will be like $11. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because they're expected to break, and there's yeah. lots of them available. Right. 
And uh, in fact, even uh, you know, just what little dirt, dirt experience I've had, uh, you know, came in real handy when I was in Greece because there were there were dirt roads that we rode on, and uh, and there were several riders who were just like they couldn't take it. They they were just like, oh my god, I can't deal with this. Like they're halfway up a mountain and they just stop and they're just like, I can't go any further. This is too this is too insane. And like I was just like, this is just riding on dirt and gravel, and I'm just like right all the way up to the top got to see the monastery the amazing view up at the top they had to turn back and go back so you know and that that really kind of hit it home to me is like you know i haven't had that much dirt experience but even that little bit you know have helped me out tremendously i mean yeah and 25 years riding experience too but you know <laughs> but just to have with that dirt yeah. experience before i had before i'd had that you know i was very you know iffy on the dirt because yeah. i'd ridden dirt on my scooters and i did not like it at all but now it's just like to me it's like it's 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 much more approachable and, and like i can deal with it now i know like i'm familiar with it yeah and it demys- once you do it once it's like, yeah. like like a lot of things it demystifies it yeah You're like exactly. oh, okay i still suck at this yeah but now i get it and, and you know that it's different but you understand how it's different and yeah. you adjust your riding for it right yeah you learn how to do that i wanted to give an update today also <clears throat> in regards to last week's podcast when we had andy stay because he was really down down in the dumps about his bike needing so much and i have to say and i told him this i feel a little bit duped because he came in today did a couple things and then started his bike and went for a ride I'm like what what <laughs> i thought you said it was like you needed this and this was that <laughs> He's like, uh. I didn't even think his shit ran. It's like, what it the runs? hell, dude? Well, he's got. He needs to replace his first gear or something, doesn't he? <laughs> I, 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 I saw I some ground off gear. That's all. I know. He spent the day working on it, and he got it running and went for a ride. He's got some some leaks and this and that, but yeah, don't hey, we all? <laughs> well, and him, he got it done. Um, Jim, I wanted to give you an update because yesterday um, I took my DR three fifty to Hollister just as an extra bike. Mm. And oh yeah, you were there. No, I know where you're going with this. And it, uh, know, for some reason, it just updating. wouldn't start. Yeah. Don't know why. But I had been, um, I had been putting off uh, changing the oil, doing things that I needed to be done. So I thought, well, I'll just do all that. So I changed the oil. Is this really going to piss me off? Because I, I kicked that thing for like fucking ten minutes yesterday. A lot of glitter came out. Of the oil. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, when I took the oil filter out, it was just silver. Oh no! Really? Yeah. So either the thing is really eating itself from within or the guy didn't change the oil when he said he did. Because when Mm. I bought it, he said he had just done an oil change. Maybe he did, but he didn't change the filter. But in the oil filter, it was silver. Yeah. Well, change it all out. Throw in a filter. Check it in a little bit. So I did. So I changed it all out. Um, And then I pulled out the air filter, which... uh, How many many pieces did it uh, come out? Well, the (laughs) Canon filter that I have in there, it's a foam filter, but then it has another foam sleeve that goes over it. And that extra foam sleeve kind of fell apart when I was trying to pull Uh, it out. Disintegrated. Uh, Well, it was... uh, Yeah, anyway. Um, Disintegrated. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, disintegrated. (laughs) Uh, so, but I took that off and then I also took the spark plug cap off and put a spark plug in there and confirmed I had spark still will not start. Hmm. How'd the spark plug Even look? I, I bet the spark plug looked okay. Did I didn't it? take the plug out of oh, the bike. Okay. I just took just a plug out of the in. drawer, put it in just to make sure it was creating spark. Right. Gotcha. So next thing I got to do is check the spark plug, but usually that's not going to make it. It was running fine one day and now it won't start. But we Here's didn't even hear it pop. <clears throat> Really? I sprayed starter fluid in in there with the filter out, and it wouldn't oh, rumble or then nothing. Then it's definitely a spark issue. 
Yeah. Right, which is weird because it's making spark at the cap. Right. Then so I'm not sure plug. what's going on. So yeah. I have to, that's the next step. Don't know. You haven't but pulled the plug? I haven't pulled the plug yet. No, yeah. you know why? I was helping Animal Dave with his spark plugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Animal Dave had a, he has four spark plugs in his bike. He changed out two the other week. Dude, that, he works on that bike And all he said his bike you know, started running better, so him. he came to change out the other two. Both of them, when he pulled them out, they broke in half. Oh, snapped the, the threads. Spark plug came out and left the threads in the cylinder. That's have, crazy. I have never even heard of that. On I've, two plugs. Both I, plugs. Both? Yeah. Both. I've never heard of that in my yeah. life on any piece of machinery. I know. I, unless they're just like crappy plugs that just, you know, or some had that weak spot right there. I don't so know. So Animal Dave gets the bless your little heart card. Like, oh, which <laughs> AKA, oh, you're fucked. Because he's saying, how do you get that out? And I'm like, well, just use an easy out. And I hand him an easy right. out. And now he's like, the easy out actually drops down into the cylinder, so um, <laughs> this sounds. I just assume I'm like, well, just throw a wrench or pliers or something on oh, there, good right? God. Mm-hmm. But he started coming in. And he's taking out like he found like a half to three eight socket adapter, and he's got it on backwards on the end. And then he's just he's just stacking <laughs> on pieces of tools that don't fit together, right? To make something to, to make turn something, it, and I'm like to drill into his no, engine. No, 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 <laughs> into no, the threads. No, 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 no. And and I, that took him like an hour or something. Oh man! So I find no, no, give that to me. And I took the easy out, and then I put a. Eight socket on, right. three eighths extension behind that, a ratchet behind that. I go over there, comes right out. Huh. And it's not that hard. This oh. was after him saying, Hey, um, that first tool you gave me, it's too big, it doesn't fit. So I give him another easy out, the next size down. He goes, Yeah, this one is too small. I'm like, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> <laughs> they because they're both tapered. They at some point they overlap right. sizing. Yes, you can't tell me one is too big and one is too small when there's about an inch of overlap right. between the two. Well, too small is too small for sure. But <laughs> so I don't understand what you're telling me. And I think he just he's one of those people just doesn't have as good of a uh, like a concept of what tools are and how they work. Yeah, sometimes it. No, some people yeah. just I'm not. Um, I'm not culinary minded it doesn't make sense to me i don't i mm. can't cook so i understand so i think dave is just one of those people so then i got that out he put it in and then he comes and i put all of my tools back because a lot of these easy outs are coming from my don't touch drawer and he comes back in yeah uh the second one broke too I'm like, oh my gosh so the i took out, out broke no but the, the second, second plug. spark plug, oh, right. plug yeah. so i take out all the tools i had assembled i hand it to him i said here you go and he goes out there, and like 30 minutes later, he's like, oh, it's, it's not working. And I go, well, and I, I Why look, are you doing that in a Muppet's voice? Because he that's ride, how Because he rides around in an animal helmet? <laughs> and, and he, Literally. And bless his heart, he is turning it clockwise. Oh, oh no. He's turning the easy out clockwise. Now, yeah, there are people who have trouble with direction. It's However, something that I had a whole talk with him in the garage. Didn't he oh. see you do the because, first one? Uh, well, because when he was in the garage, he kept going, yeah, I keep spinning and nothing's happening. And I said, Dave, <laughs> as he's looking at me, I said, it's you're, like you're like telling me you're removing accent. it, but you're signaling clockwise with your finger as you're gesturing. Right. Oh, I'm like, so can you please show me what counterclockwise is? And he thinks about it and he shows me. I'm like, okay, that's counterclockwise. That's good. Like <laughs> I first established. Right counterclockwise but then for him to be struggling and struggling yeah it won't work 
You're turning it the wrong way, Dave. At yeah. one point, do you think, let me try the other direction? Mm. So he gets the Bless Your Little Heart Award. Yeah, but I, I give him credit, though, because he's wrenching, it seems, every single weekend. Well, that might know, be why, but... He, he is, and we and he, Douglas and I were trying to figure out, how did you break these? Did you over-tighten them? Or I might have. Okay. So just as a reminder to everyone, when you put smart plugs in, you go to Snug. That's it. Mm-hmm. Snug. Yeah. And in this case, I gave him some anti-seize to put on, which you actually should be using. Yes. Uh, for exactly this reason. Yes, and don't use an impact wrench. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't use it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we had a good day. Lots of stuff going on. Um, I wanted to, I got a bunch of things I want to talk about. And um, Bagel's prepped. He knows what we're talking about. Jim, who showed up late, has no clue. Yep, I'm in the dark. I like it. I like surprises. No clue. So I'm I'm hoping, Jim, that you watch the video that's going around that everyone has seen of the road rage incident that happened earlier this week. Uh, Yes. And I I will just say I I, because I commute daily in in fairly heavy commuter traffic. I'm kind of curious, you know, because I think that for some reason that that shit went viral. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, only because they videotape it now. I think it happens like every day. Well, yeah, but this one went spectacularly Bagel, since you kind of got into it a little deeper than I did, why don't you Mm -hmm. describe for people who maybe missed it? Okay, so basically the the video that's that's getting passed around is you see this guy on a motorcycle in like it looks like a carpool lane on the left left side of the freeway uh, approach the back of a sedan and kind of kick the back bumper of the car, and then you see the car swerve to the left and then swerve to the right and then swerve back to the left and lose control, smash into the median and then bounce back out on the freeway, take out a pickup truck, flip the truck over up on, on, on its roof before the car then finally comes to a stop. Meanwhile, the biker's like dodging the car and dodging pieces of the car and, and makes it through and, and gets the hell out of there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it, it just an absolutely stunning incident of road rage that just went spectacularly wrong all right so from what we understand and and i have to say first time Mm -hmm. i watched it it looked like a fake video because like when the car slams into the wall there's like flames that was awesome it it looked to me a lot like uh you know a a faked film but no it was real um so there's they said that the the person started filming because he saw an altercation happening beforehand right between the the bike and the car because when yeah. we when the video starts it's the biker in the left lane and the car uh almost sharing the lane it was like it coming was, into the lane adjacent to him well mm-hmm. so at that point for people who don't know the backstory on it we can assume either this car is purposely coming in towards him aggressively or is unaware that there's a bike there and is drifting we don't know i'll take it a step further because that's where the video started and knowing just my experiences i bet if you could go a minute or two before they started filming mm-hmm. i bet you either would have seen that car just like going slow because it was a a white lined like carpool lane like mm-hmm. an express lane so the car was probably going slow this this be my guess the car's going slow this douche on the harley which he's a douche you don't fucking kick a car dude what are you thinking i've right. kicked a car well yeah well then you you shouldn't anyway oh in my defense they didn't see me it was at night in the rain and they changed lanes 
when I was occupying the lane, only thing I could do was kick the car well, to get out of the lane. Yeah, you didn't do it out of, out of anger. Wasn't no, road wasn't rage, out of anger. right? But yeah. that's what but I'm I, saying. That's different. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like stuck behind this car. He's maybe trying to go around the car and the car doesn't let him and he gets all pinched and whatever. And then I bet it kind of brewed from there. And I bet what we caught on tape was the climax of, of two stupid fucking people going down the road that didn't know how to behave. Yeah, and apparently there is another video that going around that shows the lead up to that too. I, I don't know for sure, but I heard somebody say that there is one out there. Yeah, well, you, you know what I saw? Like, I think Terry posted this on social media somewhere. Mm-hmm. Is and this is, I think what we all more or less do. Um, well, maybe not you, Bagel, but you know nothing against <laughs> it. <laughs> but you know when you're when you're in that kind of a situation and you fucking you pin it and you you put that person behind you and you move on. Mm-hmm. And and that guy for some reason felt the need to lash out at that car, and it was probably warranted. It doesn't really matter. It's like just put well, that car, bet- you know, put distance between you and that car. Maybe not warranted, but at least provoked. Yeah, but it was still sick when that fucking thing hit the wall and blew into flames. The only shitty thing is there was an old man in the white in the white truck that flipped. It's like fuck. I think everybody was more or less okay. Yeah, but, you know. but then again, Phil has a story about something like that happen, and he tried to get out of there, and the yeah. person was on his heels chasing him yes that was a frightening story yeah i've I've had road rage incidents too that i've had to deal with on the freeway and it's that's that's no fun yeah why'd that woman try to hit me fucking that that time so well and there was a video going around in the last the week before of uh, a couple bikers splitting lanes i think again this might have been down in la they're Mm -hmm. splitting lanes and this car was uh occupying the line between the lanes and actually going into the next lane right. to prevent them from yep. lane splitting. Yep. Oh yeah, I remember that one too. And even though the bikers weren't doing, in this case, they weren't doing anything wrong, and the biker in the video was just waiting, mm-hmm. waiting for the car to get out of the lane, and then finally, when there was a gap, they went around, and the car swerved a little bit to try to mm-hmm. get them. Yeah. I mean, there is some crazy shit going out there, and mm-hmm. in that case, the bikers didn't do anything. However, right. in you this just case, get away from it. In this case, so, how much responsibility does the biker have for being aggressive and kicking the door? In either scenario, the person was intentionally trying to was messing with them, or was unaware that they were there and came into the lane. Either scenario, whatever's happened before, when he interacted and kicked that door, how much responsibility does a biker have in this? Well, I, I think that he certainly takes some responsibility for for provoking the, the, the car driver. I mean, there's just from a common sense perspective, if you're on a bike, yeah. it's a stupid fucking idea to exactly. kick a, a 2,000 or 3,000 pound vehicle that has the capability of running you over. It's a miracle that dude's not fucking ground beef on the side of the right, road right now. Right. And it's 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 on, and frankly, it's probably only because of the, the inability of that car driver to control their car is and that big is ass wide. bagger man that thing <laughs> was all bouncing up against the median and shit but but seriously he could have been completely fucked over yeah here's here's my take on it is we've seen videos of there are cagers out there who are actually trying to hit bikers and in some yeah. cases have I mean, we had the case where the woman road raged and mm-hmm. ran over the guy and we have the other one where the guy bumped out when they were trying to pass who knows there may be others happening um if it's obvious that they are aware you were there mm-hmm. i think the best thing is exit or speed or back off something yeah just, i just think get distance. out of the situation i think 
distance. That said, um, if you have to also assume that they may be unaware. It may look like they are drifting to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I think most of the time people are unaware because we see that sure. all the time and we know you can't trust. Oh, yeah. oh, um, the thing is, I had a, a case once where I was going down the road and it was a two-lane road and there was a car kind of driving in the middle of the two-lane road Mm -hmm. and just like not committing to either lane and I was just like what the fuck what the fuck texting day drinking and I finally I decided like I gotta blow past him and I started to blow past on the left side and as I pulled up alongside I did a ha ha honk and I look over and it's an old lady who was unaware I was there who suddenly I just shocked her when I beeped and she jerked the wheel. Mm. And I felt horrible. Because so she was just an oblivious old lady driving yeah, down the road. And I felt like I might have made it worse by beeping at her angrily. So you did it again? No, no, no. Okay. But, if, but, but, but hang, hang on a second, though. If she is oblivious driving down the road, taking up both lanes, that's a dangerous point situation. Is right. Don't interact. Yeah, no, I agree. My Be point invisible. is don't interact. Be invisible. That's my whole thing. Get out of there. And that's what I'm saying. In this case, yeah, that lady was all over the road, but I almost caused her to crash just by passing quickly and honking. And in this case, when that person kicked the car door, again, I think I think 90% we know that that person was intentionally. But it's hard for you to know if it's intentional or not. And by kicking that car door my first thought was they startled the driver who overreacted and it's possible that the biker could have caused it because the person reacted to a loud bang yeah who knows i mean we're, until, we'll, we'll just make it up a story but i, I honestly yeah. think it started before that and i think yeah. they both knew what they were doing and because that's how that it just looked like they'd already pissed each other off dude kicked the car the guy in the car naturally reacts and's like fuck you and swerves at him but obviously you don't do that doing 65 miles an hour in a fucking whatever he was in, a Geo Metro or something. Well, <laughs> and, and here's where it, it ties in, too, because, Jim, you sent me earlier a link to another article that happened uh, just north of here in Contra Costa County where there's been a biker. I wasn't I was not aware of this. Isn't this a, a trip? This kind of blew me away. On a green Kawasaki who's like, been uh, splitting lanes and as he goes, kicking and punching cars and breaking mirror, uh, mirrors off. Wow. I'm like, wouldn't that fucking hurt? I know, right? I'm like, shit, dude, you hit like a mirror at 20 or, I don't know. Yeah, there was, um, and so what <laughs> anyway. happened was the CHP has this, not that it's new technology, but it is newer technology. They have an airplane flying over the freeway. Now, they used to do this where they'd have the lines on the road so they could time you and see if you're speeding, but this is new technology now. <laughs> it's got like, the, it's putting the lines in the road. It's all this digital stuff. And for somebody who's just splitting lanes and breaking mirrors, they had that plane out there and they filmed it all filmed it all caught him on film and because they can zoom in like it's pretty Mm -hmm. clear but then also followed him home got his address called it in and the sheriff uh or or the chp showed up and they uh, (laughs) impounded his yeah impounded his bike and i don't know if he's arrested or what Uh, there there were three charges and they impounded his bike and he's gonna it's like you dick. And so they were asking for people to come forward. They posted it on their Facebook page asking for people to come forward that maybe had some damage to their car because they're trying to build this case. Right, against, about right? The, from this bike, yeah. Which was interesting. Somebody posted like, yeah, he um, 
he hit my car and his uh, like scratched my car with his foot peg, but a bunch of parts of his bike flew off. He, his bike got more damaged. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I saw that too. Mm. What? Yeah. But, what? But this went on for some period yeah. of time, apparently. But here's the concern with it, because as you read all the posts, you get a lot of people congratulating the CHB for getting this, this bad guy. You Agreed. Know. Mm-hmm. But then you finally get to somebody who starts posting, yeah, I'm glad you got him. I'm sick of these bikers who are... Is that a fucking possum? <laughs> oh, I found a possum in my backyard this what afternoon. It? it shit fell off the top shelf, the motorcycle shelf. Wow. I wonder huh. if it is a possum. Um, <laughs> we, I saw a snake. I can't believe you guys didn't see those snakes, snakes dirt biking. I saw two snakes. Okay, so, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it finally gets to somebody who says, yeah, these, these bikers who are riding recklessly splitting lanes and weaving through and 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 sneaking up on me and scaring me yeah and then you know and then you get the people yeah these these reckless bikers splitting lanes and then you get the people going like well actually it's uh legal to split lanes yeah but you guys are doing 110 well it's okay, both because well, okay. well there, i see there are dickheads that do that and yeah. then you get the and then it keeps going back and forth and then the thing that alarms me is you have the people who are just commuting, who mm-hmm. are riding legally. And, you know, you get the people saying, well, actually, the the studies have shown it's actually safer for us to split lanes. And let me explain to you why we can't be in traffic because we have air-cooled bikes and it's more dangerous to be between bumpers than to be. In, and and mm-hmm. it lightens the load on the traffic. There's all these reasons. <clears throat> um, but it bothers me when you see the cagers that post about these bikers sneaking up and splitting lanes and it's those people that i think Mm -hmm. are causing this road rage and trying to prevent this from happening and this is not a new thing it's not a new thing so i i think my only advice for all bikers is do not interact yeah no i think and and i think do not interact i think that's all we can do i learned that just as uh, driving like in a a car when you're in a car same thing I've, i've i went through the whole spectrum of driving road rage ball and I've, I've settled down at this point in my life where you don't interact on a car on a bike you don't interact you just put distance between yourself and whatever the fuck's going on um i would say though for those people who feel like that's not good enough and they need some sort of justice for these asshole drivers my second suggestion would be to get the i love penis bumper stickers like we have here <laughs> and just slap it on the back of the car <laughs> And let them go driving home with that. <laughs> oh, amen. I second that. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Next topic. Uh, let's see if we have anything to say about this, because this is a big thing in the news. Harley Davidson might be buying Ducati. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting your whole life Dude, for this, in this, in this news cycle, <laughs> fucking... Nothing surprises it's me bizarre world. <laughs> Fucking, you know it's bizarro world win. <laughs> so, do you guys have an opinion? Uh, well, the thing that I, I'm confused about is how are they going to reconcile potato potato with clackety clackety clack? <laughs> how did you get the two of those Pata-clacky, to work together? Put to clacky, put to clacky. Right. I mean, how does that work? I, I don't know. I think that grandstands will be burned at Moto GP events across Europe. There's fucking <laughs> the Moto GP crowd oh will not fucking stand for that. <gasps> oh the, I think the Pope will get involved. <laughs> I think we'll see the Pope. <laughs> There's been a lot of opinions going around and my initial reaction is a lot like a lot of other people like oh god they're gonna ruin it like this can't happen Ah." and then uh some people whose opinions we appreciate like phil and emma both said Mm -hmm. well hold on this could actually be a good thing i think phil pointed out that harley davidson's uh record has gotten a lot lot better 
uh, reliability and such. Um, And that, you know, maybe it's not such a bad thing. So my opinion on it is, is Harley Davidson as strong as it was 10 years ago? No. And I don't know that they've been making good decisions about the new models and bikes that are coming out. I mean, they got rid of Buell. Yeah. Um, but they maybe they're trying to get back into the sport bike market, maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, it would, I guess it would fill that need, but. Right. But they, a, a they didn't do well with Buell, and then they went and got these Indian Harleys that right. they barely backed. Yeah. Uh, they, but that's how much are their sales Canceled the V Rod, which is their sport right. bike version of the cruiser um and then every time they keep announcing all these new models of bikes they're coming out with mm-hmm. it's just a different flavor of a bike that already exists right or there's the electric bike that you know looked really cool but then they're like yeah we're not going to build it but it, yeah know. the live wire i think yeah live wire which yeah looks think, really cool yeah so my question is like is harley davidson have the executives in place to make smart progressive decisions and do they actually have the financial backing to be strong enough to take on a brand like ducati um right. i think everyone agrees ducati has been doing very well and the best thing they can do is leave it alone mm-hmm. um i don't think that the harley market is the Ducati market at all? Yeah. So is this just going to be two well, brand here, dealerships? Well, yeah. Or what? Or I don't know. Well, I mean, unless unless you're planning on on having you know one company that's offering in two different markets, you know, your Ducati's your sport bike line and your Harley is your cruiser line. I mean, I suppose you could do something like that, but that's those are two very different beasts that we're talking about. Well, you know, I I, I think one thing possibly from a, a business sense, and there's, there's a lot to talk about here, but from a business sense. I think where Harley struggles is their younger market, and True. something that's exactly what they're trying to. Yeah, do. especially with the, the the scrambler introduction. And I was, you know, I was at the bike but, shop the other day, uh, and right, and yeah. dude, this dealership over the hill in, t- in in Silicon Valley, they have expanded their Ducati line, fucking like huge. And you go in there, and they have all the different versions. But that Ducati scrambler really appeals to a young market with cash so i don't know maybe from a business sense it's that well the reason that ducati is for sales because it's currently owned by vw who mm-hmm. after their big lawsuit they, they lost billions oh, of dollars they have scandal. to pay out they're having to cash yeah. out yep. and ducati is actually up in value right now i think because of the scramblers and such mm-hmm. so it i think I don't know if they see this as a Hail Mary pass for Harley to take it over. But the fact that VW owned it, it's not like it changed the brand. It's not like you would buy it at a VW dealership. But what I think one thing that changes is the ownership. You go from European ownership um, to American ownership. I don't know. We'll we'll see. But, I mean, you know, we forget about motorcycles in Europe and... Italy, especially, is fucking crazy. Very different. Oh my god! Than motorcycles in the U.S. And that, yeah. that's a good point. If, but if if Harley decides that they want to leave it hands off, and this is just an investment, right? Which could know, very well be. If they if they do it, that might be the smartest thing for them to do. To be honest, if they if they because, podium on Sunday, it'll all be okay. Right? Because if Ducati's you know doing doing things right the way that they're currently structured, why mess with that? You know, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a winning formula, and they're doing well. I mean, it would be. It would be a ridiculous uh, way to treat your investment to just go and muck with that formula, I would think. Hey, Wait. Bagel, I don't want to surprise you. Yes. But Isaac has joined us, and he's sitting right <gasps> next to you. Oh, my God, Isaac. 
Oh Hello. my god! <laughs> I thought it was a possible. There were way less people here than I. <laughs> it's too nice out. They yeah. all banned. When, I, was, when uh, I took my earplugs out outside the door, I was like, I don't hear anything. Are they? <laughs> are they gonna jump me or something? It's no, nobody's talking. So I'll tell you though, uh, I there is one glimmer of hope here. Okay. What does Harley Davidson do very well? Potato, potato marketing. Sell shirts, yeah. Mm, Sell shirts and clothing and apparel. What, they do got those hot chicks what in the dealerships. Too. Is a cool Italian brand that people would think it's cool to be wearing that name on their body. Moto Guzzi. Aprilia, Vespa. We're Vespa. No, I. You know what? I think Ducati. I yeah. think Ducati potentially. Uh-huh. Well, look it's at something fuck- that they can brand because they sure. do marketing. Well, look yeah. at Ducati Island when we go to Laguna Seca. You know what I mean? We go to the superbike races at Laguna. They got fucking Ducati Island. They know how to market. That's the one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that just means that it may make them a stronger company through the marketing. It doesn't mean they're going to make better bikes or that they're going to taint True. what Ducati is. Uh, you know, Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So, but, Liza, if you can imagine a blend between Ducati and Harley... What would you envision? Like, like if you melded two bikes in a time machine, what would come? Well, out you know what? No, if Too really, hard. I mean, because it could be some fucking cool, right? Like some sort of flat track race bike or something. I don't know. Well, the scramblers aren't that far off from the XRs. Yeah, that's true. It's hmm. it's not. They're lighter, more nimble. Um, like put a big powertrain, like a big old engine in there, and kind of beef it up a little bit. I don't uh, know. I think you could. I don't know. I or, you know I can't see them merging or, the two. Or would you do um, have some crossover technology? Have, have like a Ducati Cruiser or something. Oh. See, I think this is why this is why we react so poorly to this. Like, well, what, no, there what, is what a Ducati, Ducati Cruiser. Oh yeah, really? What is it? The the Diablo. The Diavel is a Diavel. It's a power cruiser. It looks like a good bike to have sex on. It's a power cruiser. You can't sit back on it. It's can a you? power cruiser. It's a power cruiser. Hmm. We, yeah. There was one that, that track day we went to. Yeah. Those ones are famous for they had a fluke from the factory where you could unlock yeah. them with a key code. Yes, the key yeah. code is the last five digits of the serial number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And many people weren't informed of that. I remember and this. And you could just walk up to the bike, look at the serial number stamped on the side, and <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I did that up at Alice's. I'm like, hey, dude, I see that Diavel. Cool bike. Did you change your code? Huh? (laughs) Yeah, is your code 52389? (laughs) What? Yeah, you'll have to change that. The article just came out like Cycle World or something. You're going to want to get on that. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm mixed on it, but I'll tell you, my first reaction was, no way. And that's because, you know, we're blamed for Harley bashing. But again, I remind people, it's not the Harleys I hate. Just the riders, and guess what? I hate the Ducati riders just as much. So it's a wash. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. And you've owned both, so you get, <laughs> yes, to, I was, you get to do whatever. When you want. I was running late down here, um, I was coming down from um, Empire Grade to Felton, and I come down and I, and I pass a car, and uh, I come up and there's another motorcycle, right? And you have that Pavlovian response, and this this was after the Harley, but. And I see it, Mike. Oh, I'll catch up. And I'm like, oh, and it was like the the epitome of the dot com guy from Silicon Valley on his Ducati Scrambler with like oh, yeah. his his Merce or whatever, like his bicycle messenger bag and shit. <laughs> and I gave him the benefit of the doubt for about ten seconds. And I'm all, mm-hmm. all right, fuck you, dude. And I was gone. <laughs> but I'm telling you, they sell those 
those Ducati, those Ducati scramblers like crazy. Yeah. I, like when I'm over the hill, man, I see them all over the place. Hmm. And they seem like pretty cool motorcycles. I rode, well, I've ridden a couple of them, and, and they are fun to ride. Yeah. So, you know, maybe Ducati will bring something to the Harley game that, whatever, bottom line. Yeah, never Well, know. I think that Harley has been struggling the past few years, and... Um, I, I don't want to see how they go away. And they're, yeah, they are no. competing with Indian. It's been doing really well. Um, so maybe this is the move in the right direction. Maybe this will... Rejuvenate Harley, you think? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I'll just say, as I've thought about and listened to other people's opinions, I'm less opposed to it, more curious. I mean, there are worse companies well, they're both healthy companies. God, what it's if, just, what it'll, if, it'll just be interesting to watch. Uh, but I do know, like, Hero turned it down. The Suzuki turned it down. A bunch of other companies. BMW turned it down. Um, yeah, as long as... <laughs> they're all like, no, they're as, a bunch of fucking prima as, donnas. As, as, as long good. as a Chinese company doesn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Hey, you know, um, it has been a while since we've done this, but we've had so many people... Uh, come in and including people here today saying that um, we were their inspiration for their project bikes nice. and we're on a new wave now with project bikes cat brought her ninja 250 out of storage and immediately started cutting things off <laughs> i saw that without the plastics on it the other day she's like she's like yep and it's I, going through and, a change. You know, and I'm like, do you? Do, what is your goal? What is your inspiration? I don't know. I'll figure it out. Shouldn't maybe you shouldn't mm. be cutting the frame until you really know. No, I'm just gonna <laughs> cut. Okay, mm. okay. But you know what? The inspiration for a lot of this comes from the Craigslist porn pick of the week, which we Ooh, haven't done, and I true. found a good one. Oh, did you? Really? Oh, I did. Because we don't take such a statement lightly. I think I did. Mm -hmm. So you know, my own project bike here. Mm -hmm. The Kawasaki Concourse ZG1000. Oh, mm -hmm. I thought that was a coat rack. Stop it. Um, <laughs> I, I like it's pretty little it's just a phase. <laughs> no, I think that this is a good project bike it because is. at the core of it, you just have a big frame with a big engine. That runs. You got the shaft drive and a monoshock. So you can cut a lot of stuff off. And You when, guys cut like 100 pounds off of it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, no, at least. It's fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and once you take all the bodywork off the front end, you can, uh, it's not too ugly. It's not like a lot of sport bikes that has these weird triple trees or something. Um, it's a good, I think it's a good bike to do a cool project on. Mm -hmm. Whereas I used to be doing a lot of these older Japanese bikes, which just will never have that performance. You can make, chop something up and have fun. Like Doug is doing the, the CM400, mm -hmm. which it's going to be a cool round cool town bike. bike. Yeah. But this ZG1000, it's, it's the deal. So I found one on Craigslist. Uh -huh. And this is up here in Napa, Northern okay. California. It's a 1987 Kawasaki Concourse ZG1000 project. And that's the key I found. Go on mm -hmm. Craigslist, type in project. <laughs> uh-huh. And the key to what? Just losing your mind to completely? Or what? <laughs> Is it a keyword that means cut your losses? Yeah, going broke. <laughs> and then I limit the, the price search to between $100 and $500. Cool. Wow. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, so what we have here, engine cranks over freely, just needs some of the fuel lines and parts put back together. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Some of the parts. Okay. <laughs> Not sure what that means, but because it's an older bike, it might just what? have... Have you said the price yet? It needs the sum of the parts the to price. be put okay, back together. Uh, it has a clean Nevada tiled title. Better than no title. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> like uh, no herpes. <laughs> he has the paperwork and the key. Comes with an extra That's set good. of carburetors and some extra parts. Extra parts. It sounds That's like good. there's lots of parts. Oh, it has a brand new foot peg bracket, which is interesting because when I got mine, the foot peg bracket was cracked and I had to buy a new uh, one. That was like uh, 80 bucks or something. So uh, It's 80 bucks right there. Um, and this <laughs> right? bike already has Sold. all the plastic stripped off and it's got no cover on the seat, but that doesn't matter because if you want to chop it up, you're going to be well, taking it's got the, it's all that front fairing on it, doesn't it? It still has a front fairing, but all that stuff is going to come off. So this bike has the whopping price of $400. Hmm. He's like, just get this shit out of my driveway. Right. And I think this is the kind of project you look for. It's been dismantled partially, but it hasn't been cut up. Taking a project bike that somebody started right. and started welding shit or cutting shit off, you're taking on somebody else's vision, which may not coincide with Yeah, yours. but but he did mention that, that the parts were taken off. So what parts, though? That's well, what I'm wondering. Well, I think the parts he's talking about, all of the fairing, all the plastics were taken off. Okay, It looks like, like they disassembled it to get to the carburetors right, but and not, such. Not like cylinder heads and, and nope. well, but drivetrains trains. engine and stuff. is intact. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's a good point, though, because that's I think good. one thing about a project bike <clears throat> is a big difference if it is a project bike that actually runs mm-hmm. or kind of runs or runs a little bit yeah as opposed to one that doesn't run at all because all of a sudden yeah, yeah if you you know it, it, it doesn't take much all of a sudden you're cracking an engine case in half so and as i found on my bike i, I was able to drill out the top triple tree and put in some risers so you could put traditional bars on it so it works out well anyway i think these cg 1000 concourses are great project bikes that people don't consider because it's a fully fairing tour bike mm-hmm. but when you take all of that off yeah at the core you have a great project bike with a big ass engine it's mm-hmm. a it's a it, yeah it's a cool platform yeah and, and all and it's amazing what a gas tank does oh yeah and i, I really like the look of your bike i want to see that when the, when it's done yeah me too and the cool thing mm-hmm. about it is, is it runs well yeah. ran when parked <laughs> i guess i'll say <laughs> i've become that person <laughs> we'll run again <laughs> um no it literally <laughs> ran when i parked it but we'll see um so yeah i I just suggest get out there for the summer. Get your project bikes. Get them going and Mm -hmm. let us know what you're working on. Um, There's a lot of great bikes out there. And just like Kat taking this Ninja 250 and just cutting it up. I think we're all getting a little more jazzed about project bikes. But I think what we're doing is kind of moving our focus to a little more modern bikes rather than these older bikes from the 60s and 70s that we were working on before. Going 80s and 90s now? Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, 90s and, that's, and 2000s. That is a 2006. Uh, yeah. I'm always thinking... Well, but it's what? For 80s what? design though, right? Yeah, but what? <laughs> but it's, an, but, it's, but like, what? it's an 86 that was made in 2006. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so really it's 80s it's and 90s. It's a 30-year-old bike it made 10 years ago. Rust. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Vespas are like that too with the two stroke ones yeah. all i know is that's too many fucking carburetors if i get a project bike i want one carburetor yeah, you want fuel <laughs> try having fuel, yeah well then it's not a project try having bike. them in a v then it's not a project hmm. bike okay so i've got a question for you all this was just a random thought that i had uh, as i do sometimes so hmm. um 
I talked about, uh, this was a couple months ago, and I think we brought it up again recently, how I spotted the AAA motorcycle up here in Northern California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And found out, I think from a couple listeners who emailed us, that it's a little pilot test here in Northern California where they bought a few bikes, and they're putting their AAA guys on there because they realized for most of the rescues they need, they need to be able to have a, a jump box and a gallon of gas. Mm-hmm. Is usually where they need and a slim gym. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that they can get to where they're going faster and easier. Yeah, it's brilliant. And especially, with less gas. Especially through traffic. With less gas, through traffic, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um so I started thinking, what other jobs could be better <clears throat> on a motorcycle? Smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. Pizza delivery. Well, okay, so delivery, it already happens. Yeah, and they do that a lot in Europe, too. It already happens, but more so because, yeah, every pizza I've ever gotten has come on in a car. Right. I saw Pizza Hut scooters in India. Yet Mm -hmm. every other country you go to, they're delivering on little scooters. Greece is full of delivery scooters. And the the one to me, like I think about Jakey, is EMT. Why would you not throw an EMT right. on a dual sport? Which they, they, do do in Afri- they do in Africa. They do that. No, they did yeah. that in England. Uh, Emma told me. She said, because uh, oh, yeah. when she saw my bike, she's like, oh, EMTs use yeah. those to get to the scene quickly in uh, in England. And pop wheelies, too. What? <laughs> <laughs> I would. Like, um, I thought also at most countries you go to have motorcycle taxis. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Motorcycle Uber. Well, it's like okay, a, like uh, an amusement ride. Let me, let me ride. take that back. Most third world countries you go to, yeah, have taxis, which is services that are motorcycles where you hop on the back. Yeah, and oh. the people I know that travel because I don't, um, but they go to like Southeast Asia and shit. They're like, yeah, I took a motorcycle taxi, scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> but I think it's probably one yeah. of those things where it does. But when you're yeah. over, you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to tell my friends how crazy that was. Oh, yeah. yeah, when I was in the Dominican Republic, we uh, we my friend and I managed to get a motorcycle ride just about ten mm-hmm. minutes before motorcycle rides were banned for the whole class because our teacher saw somebody else crash and oh, no. she's like, has anybody ridden riding? We're like, nope. Yeah. No, yeah. nobody's been D- on a bike. Dominican Definitely Republic. Not. I saw the ta- motorcycle taxis there. Yeah, in fact, I, I believe they used to have motorcycle taxis here in the United States. Huh. Yeah, Cal- I, California used to have motorcycle for hire license plates, which really? I believe were used for motorcycle taxis, among other things. That's funny because I've never seen one. I've been in a few. Oh, it's yeah, been a long time. Dude, we need to start a Moto Uber. What? What? Right? What? Oh. Get through traffic like nobody else. What? Right. Why well, is know, this happening? Do you need well, to get to the airport? <laughs> here's the thing, too. I have not, I have not confirmed this, but according to Electric Terry, yeah. who is a very smart, crazy man, yeah. Yeah. so this could go either way. He said the law says you only have to provide a seat and foot pegs for every passenger. So technically, you can put two passengers on a motorcycle. Hmm. Mm. As long as they get yeah. a seat and. I don't oh, know if this that's is a stretch. I don't know if this is a gray area where like pretty sure you hey, have to have a seat and well, which is just the mean? rider as well. They they have built stretch. Well, no, yeah, but you can have a longer seat. They, oh. they they have built stretch Vespas where they took two Vespa frames and welded them together so you could fit four people on it mm-hmm. for Catholics. I've, <laughs> I've seen it before. What what if you're, I don't know how well it rides, but I've seen it done. What if your passenger has four feet like Terry? <laughs> <laughs> then, then you have and to you have weld a, a dog the cage back. to the back. Yeah, you weld. Yeah, 
Terry's so, awesome. I believe. I mean, Terry. yeah, you could possibly put two people mm. on, but the reality is, but even if it's just one person, mm. Uber taxi. How many people are right. catching it's an Uber or person. a taxi, mm-hmm. and it's just one person? How can we? Right. we and you're sitting in traffic. Do we got to do a, an app tonight? Uh, the problem Dude. is, it would, you'd get a bunch of like basically me. You'd get a bunch of young guys my age with questionable experience and like riding a motorcycle and you know, I wouldn't want to get on the back of the bike. This came up when we were having all the storms and our our, mount, our Highway 17 that goes over the mountain kept mm-hmm. getting backed up and there were people saying like man I wish I could like hop a ride on a motorcycle and somebody did their yep. car broke down and they had to get to like an court, interview, court, right? Yeah, yeah. and court, they hitched yeah. a ride and somebody got them over and somebody was That's like right. yeah we should start this. Well dude had an extra helmet so like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that was a great story. That so, was like you lifting logs, like like fucking lumberjack. <laughs> what's what's his name? Um, some other ideas I had. I know that like in New York, there's a, a female motorcycle club that does uh, breast milk delivery. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. because you have to collect it and deliver it while it's still ASAP, fresh. Yeah. Why are you looking and at bagel? Why you say this? Because he's lactating. Oh. <laughs> well, no, I've experienced um, in this field. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, there's already days. a club doing that breast milk delivery. That's cool. So then why couldn't you do jizz delivery? Are you asking is, for is a friend? Why did you all go is silent? There, is are you there asking a demand for, for that? that? I mean, I mean that, I, that's just you everywhere. house. <laughs> why the fuck? Uh, that's that's just, that's kind of weird. Who needs, Nobody wants who needs that? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Here's your, we're like, here's your turkey baster. What are we going with this? Get I don't it to know. this address quick. <laughs> It's never necessary. I, I, I don't know what? if there's a demand for that. <laughs> I mean, it's saying. for one thing, it's good for years once you freeze it. <laughs> for another, there's so much in the world, thanks to the Danish, that we don't need anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? I'm pretty sure I heard the something Danish? about there's There's one. I think there's a Scandinavian country that really uh, overprovided for the sperm banks. Wow. I think it was the Danish. I could be completely wrong. Oh. Maybe that's why they're one of the happiest countries on earth. Oh, yeah. What? So what else? So, all right. So, I mean, anything, any delivery, that, you know, food delivery, stuff like that. What about mail, like mail delivery in like sure. rural areas? Or in high traffic areas where you can lane split True through that. all the traffic? Mm-hmm. Are these all, like emergency services in general? Emergency you know, services. Oh, you know what? In Germany, they used to use Heinkel scooters as postal delivery scooters back in the day. They had a single seat and a big basket on the back where you could put all the letters. So I guess the question is, if this exists in, in many other countries or in other times, why have we lost that here? And the thing to think mm. about is if if we can, you know, get these back is this going to give us bikers some more jobs or or, or come up with new (laughs) ideas for new fields like like one thing that i've thought of is you know and maybe i I should pitch this to them myself is you know that that these online maps you know they have all these errors in places where they don't have the street views because you know some car didn't feel like going there i mean you could hit all those spots on a bike a lot faster through people's backyards the nook and cranny (laughs) and all the little goat trails up in the mountains too and you could map all those you know I think that could be uh, an opening for, uh, you know, for for a map service. So if anybody's looking for a, a rider for that, you know, hit me up. Let me know. I know. I've, I think I've already done that for free a couple of times. <laughs> Speaking of which, we got a dare from Creative Writing Podcast a while back about the curviest mile ride. Oh yeah, he threw down yeah. the gauntlet, and we haven't responded. No. So I'm saying it publicly this. on the air because I'm calling all of us out. <clears throat> we got to find a curvier one mile ride than than nine than his. Which was his. he sent me a route of it that he did somewhere. It was this wicked curvy mile he did, and he's all 
he kind of threw it out there as a challenge that we can't do a curvier one. I mean, he's in Southern California, and his curvy roads are a lot like our curvy roads. We all have these tight little mountain roads. Hmm. Was it 236? Well, I know. Up, I'm up thinking we go up to Hollister. That's, that's, that could be most of them. We can look on a map. Anyway, I got a little <laughs> tangent there. Well, I like Creston Highway down in uh, San Luis Obispo County. That's a fun road. Mm. I mean, the Dragon is known for being... Oh yeah, having the most curves and yeah, but we got like, we got like the, curves the dragon right here, more or less. I mean, not oh, quite. But the little the dragon mountains. over by Yosemite. Yosemite. Yeah, we rode that. Oh, we yeah. did that, hmm. but I think that, that was, was higher speed. Curvy. That was higher speed. I mean, we've got up. Here I'm telling our, you, the roads here. Oh yeah, we've got so many roads here in our mountains that are oh, just Alba tiny. Road and little, yeah, yeah. I, I think Tail of Dragon great. is is awesome if you have if you don't have great roads where you live. But if you have great roads where you live, you're like, yeah, it's a great road, but it's not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't you don't appreciate just how special it is when you see it. You know, every weekend. <laughs> right. So, what did you, you wanted to talk about, Airsberg? I think oh. you wanted to throw some love out, maybe? Yeah, well, I don't want to go too deep uh, in detail, but um, again, uh, a big shout out to Cody Webb, who Cody! podium once again, and there's much drama in it. Oh. If you ever pick a year to watch it, they're all good, but this is a great year to watch it. Um, Can you please describe to those who maybe don't know what the Ayersberg radio, radio is and how you spell it? Um, yes, um, yes. No, so Ayersberg is a hard enduro <laughs> event put on by Red Bull, and it's a hair scramble, um, for those of you that get the gist of a hair scramble, but it's one on a colossal scale. And they've been doing it for a number of years, and it's held at a mine uh, in Austria, I want to say. And it's actually an active ore mine of some sort. Anyway, just... Yeah, it literally, literally means ore mountain. E- Thank e- you. E-R-Z-B-E-R-G. I should defer to Bagel for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> All I know is if you want to watch guys ride fucking dirt bikes like motherfuckers, because there's no other way to describe it. Like boulders the size of cars and shit. For are, like a, are, a, a mile. A yeah, a section oh, called Carl's cool. Dinners, and they extended it, I think, this year. And, um, and it's literally boulder a scree field that you're wrestling over and uh but beyond that and it's great drama and it's such good competition because everyone respects each other so so much and they are so this is the epitome i mean isle of man yeah anything on asphalt isle of man i think really really shows the best of the best motorcycle riders but when you want to see all around you watch these hard enduro events, and Ersberg is it, man, because these guys are doing motocross, they're doing trials, they're doing racing, and it's breakneck, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So hopefully we get to talk more about it later, but uh, congratulations to Cody, man. It was super hard hard fought, and like I said, we we'll, don't want to say too much now, but watch it. Um, but Cody and Podium once again, and uh, such a great dude. Hopefully we get him back here sometime. Nice. Uh, but if you want to see what motorcycles and more than that people are capable of, watch uh, the Red Bull Airsberg uh, hair scramble. It's pretty nuts. Very cool. And we should say who did win though. Alfredo Gomez from Spain. I mm-hmm. think he was one of the top ones last year. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But, oh, man, it's one of the hardest races in the world. So proud that our local boy, Cody. Second year in a row. But he had the lead for a little while. Of course he did. Fuck. He's got those legs. Oh, those man. long legs. He can just <laughs> paddle through the stuff. Um, great event to watch, If even if you're not in a dirt biking. It's just grueling to see what they're going through. Grueling. Um, I wanted to... Mentioned. I wanted to throw Andy under the bus a little bit. Oh. <laughs> I would feel bad, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andy suffers from a syndrome, much like Kat, who has PGS, Pretty Girl Syndrome. I've now discovered that Andy has one. And I was, you know, I was yelling at him earlier, but then I, I felt bad because I realized he actually had no control over this. And it's one of those things where you have to have a little more uh, understanding and maybe sympathy for people who suffer from these problems. He didn't poop his pants, did he? No, no, no. <laughs> um, but I, did. I mean, I do that. It can be embarrassing. No, and I think you were going to understand did. this. As a parent, you're going to understand this. Please don't tell me me and Andy have anything in common. No, 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 no. <laughs> he is mess blind. <laughs> he creates a mess around him when he's working on his bike. And anything that hap that he any tool he used over an hour ago, he suddenly becomes blind to. Oh, any no. parts he took <laughs> off his bike earlier that day even though they're five feet away from him and I'm screaming at him to clean his shit up and get stuff out of the way. It's like, it's like a colorblind, but he's mess blind. He doesn't see it. And we kept saying, dude, you need to clean up when you, the rule here at the shop is when you're done using a tool, take the time to go put it back. Cause someone else may be looking for it instead of amassing right. throughout the day, this giant pile of tools. So Andy had been doing that. He'd been working on his bike, and then he'd work on something else. And he just kept getting more tools, and then those tools kind of got pushed aside, pushed aside. And Kat's like, dude, he just pushed his pile over to my pile. Now i got to put all the shit away. <laughs> right? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't think he's at fault here because I know, Jim, and you'll understand, how children will walk through a house and shed their clothes as they walk and are blind to this mess that they've created. They'll be running around the next day going, where are my shoes? Mm. They're in the kitchen. Yeah, right, right, under the other shit you left on under, the floor. Yeah, yeah, like they're completely <laughs> blind to this. Under and the pizza. So I realized as that. As Jim is rolling his eyes. As I'm yelling at Andy to put his shit started. away, that he was oblivious. And he's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He's putting stuff away. And then I hear like Kat screaming, Andy, your chain guard is still sitting here. Like. <laughs> Like he was actually trying. I'm surprised he, he actually walking, has a chain guard. Walking back and forth past parts of his bike on the ground and he just couldn't see it. I'm wow. so glad you so, can't see my garage right now. <laughs> I think this so is a bad. young person thing, right? I think as we get older, we become a little more aware of everything. Do you understand what I'm saying, Isaac, as the youngest person in the room? As somebody who lives with four other people, three other people in their 20s, yes. Right? And as a person in my 20s, yes. I'm, I'm just feeling more and more like the old lady ranting and raving at everyone. You kids! Duh! It's <laughs> actually how I describe you when I tell people to come to the garage. Me too. Oh, I hope you're not putting and me mean. in the same boat as uh, uh, Jim Cycles. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you're not far. <laughs> in the curmudgeon Jim basket. <laughs> fuck you. Well, let me tell you, it gets a little bit worse. <laughs> we had a new guy come today. His name is Daniel. Nice guy. Uh, he comes to me with a box in his arms with a completely disassembled engine. And he goes, yeah, um... I was told you guys can help me put this back together. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's a YZ85. Oh. Little, Did you give him some glue? A little two-stroke. <laughs> I'm like, hey, this is a great engine to learn on. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, my friend who knows how to work on bikes helped me dismantle it and then threw everything in this box. <laughs> and I have no idea what goes where. That's an awesome oh, friend. Man. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, well, you're going to need to have a manual. So... Um, do you have a manual so we can follow along and see what needs to be done? Because I've never worked on this engine either. He goes, yeah, yeah, I got one. He pulls it out of the plastic. It's brand new. Hmm. And it's the uh, it's the repair manual. It's like the Yamaha repair manual or uh, maintenance manual, something like that. I said, okay, I need you to turn to the section for engine. And you're going to look for the chapter assembling the engine. They always have this. And he's like, uh, I can't find it. And I take the book and I realize that this is the uh, Yamaha factory um, book that isn't like the Hayes or Climber that actually takes you step by step through things with little pictures and arrows and explanations. It was in Japanese. And it specifies what tool <laughs> or what, you know. He's got, this is like the, the mechanics manual, and it just has like a, a just a schematic. Here's all the parts. Mm. Go to town, right? Wow. And so I'm like, no, I, I, and I showed him one of the climber manuals. Here, we need, you need a book like this. It actually tells you step by step. And he goes, oh, I have that on my phone. And this is when I went, oh, here we go. Here we go. And this is when I picture myself in my bathrobe on my lawn with my hair and curlers, <laughs> waving my fist at kids. You kids. Yes. To get off your lawn. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think, I, think, I think people my age might get this, too. This has been happening. I've been doing this garage for 10 years. And in this 10 years, a lot of the young people come in and they say, well, no, no, I downloaded it on my phone or my computer or my tablet. I have it right here. And I try to explain, no, you need to have the book because you're going to have greasy fingers. And you're going to be flipping through. You want to dog ear pages. You want to write notes in there. And when you have it, you're working off of your phone. It's so hard to follow and read the steps it's so hard, and especially when your hands are greasy or you're lying on your back. And I remember at one point, oh, I think it was maybe Eason. And I'm like, dude, this is not going to work. Like, you're killing me, handing me your phone and showing me these things. I'm having to, like, try and scroll through. And and he's like, well, I'll just print it out. He, he wouldn't pay the, like, 20, 30 bucks to buy a manual, but he printed out. And the next day he comes <laughs> with a stack <laughs> of papers, and they're flying out of his backpack oh, as he comes riding in. <laughs> Doesn't even like, a whole punch him. Dude, and he, and he had this, and he just, they kept flying around the, the garage <laughs> or outside in the parking lot. I'm just like, oh, my God, just buy a manual. Right. What is wrong with kids these days? There, I said it. Yeah. I said you it. You are now old. Oh. Isaac, what's what's wrong with them? Huh? What's wrong with them? Kids? These days. Well, they think they can fix everything with their fiddly phones. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't. (laughs) Read a book. Except God bless YouTube, I'll tell you that. But, yeah. Maybe maybe they have more access to free printers than uh, <laughs> money for manuals. Just buck up and buy the manual. It's, it's so true. worth it. It's it true. is As, so worth well, it. There's I've, sites. I've tried the printing thing. It's like I work really well with tactile things. Mm-hmm. I like to scribble on books. I like. And you I, can I have like extra the pages you've printed out and shove them in yeah. there. It's you can write notes in there. It's the best. And now there's actually sites you can go to that will provide you a service manual in physical form and online trust me i have a lot of manuals on 
and uh, on the computer and on disc, I never refer to them. I always go to the wall and pull a book out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Just it's it so much easier to follow the wiring schematics when you have yeah. a big book. You can use your own pen to follow it. Um, I do. I just feel like kids these days. So that's my that's my top tip. Buy the damn manual. By the damn old lady. Buy the manual. <laughs> get a well, book. you know. You yeah, know. Well. So let's get to some emails. What do you say? Oh, yeah. What do you say? Do we have some? <laughs> we I mean, have a how, many, how many did you make up <laughs> this week? I'm just going to pass a couple out. Let's oh, see. you were bored. So let's catch up on... Because um, we keep getting the love tell you what i'm not going to read um uh i know that we got a great email this week that sent knock some love and since knock isn't here it ain't getting red (laughs) (laughs) gotta show up to get red same with emma you sent emma some love it ain't getting red oh i'm just saying it's not your fault if you wrote the email we appreciate it and just know i do forward it we'll save it i was so nice that someone sent knock some love though Maybe Bagel needs a little love sent his way. I always need love. You do. I'm so, actually extremely sad. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You, no you get love from the wingman's garage. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little painful, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got a great email here, and this is from John in Boston, Mass. And it's titled, Love Your Podcast. That's how you get get your email read. <laughs> um, no, he's short and to the point. This is my kind of guy. He says, I just discovered your podcast about three months ago, and I love it. I've been riding for 33 years. Nice. And I've owned 13 motorcycles. That's all? Cool. Jim, you've been writing what three years and you uh-huh. had 33 motors exactly so. right <laughs> <laughs> all of which run by the way <laughs> i says um some of these i'm sure you will like and some you won't so here it goes now he did not put i don't know if these are in order that he's owned them but it is interesting to see the the story that unfolds from the bikes that he's owned so let's assume they're chronological or is that not possible um i think it's very possible that it's chronological um, and you can see that somebody starts out as a young, adventurous buck, and then as they get older, things change. Hmm. So uh, John in Boston started out with an 85 Honda XR600. Cool. Next bike, 86 Honda CR250R Elsinore. So huh. he's doing some yeah, adventure like the, the dirt, dirt shit. riding, yeah, the dirt right? Shit. I like those Elsinore cool, cool bikes. Then he takes a, a turn here and goes to the 87 Ninja 750. This yeah, is a okay. little this at the if this was in the eighties or nineties, that's a fast bike. Right. Fast bike. He made some new friends. But then he wanted something faster, so he got the ninety Jixer seven fifty. Okay, game on. Uh it wasn't enough. Then he got a ninety Jixer eleven hundred. Hmm. And then and back a pair to, of flip-flops. But then I think he was missing the seven fifty because he got an eighty nine Jixer seven fifty. Those those seven fifties they were very they mm-hmm. were the shit yeah. very squirrely too yeah but then something changed then a near death oh. experience what? I'm thinking maybe children came along I'm just uh, guessing he got oh. a gold wing well no worse <laughs> a Harley oh no, so then he gets a ninety Harley lowrider so I mean if you still have the dirt bikes and you got the sport bikes the Harley Lowrider, it rounds it out. Yeah. You're getting a little bit and better. Plus that was, so that, I can the, see that. There was that big popularity surge during that time, too. Um, and then he got another Harley Lowrider because he wrecked the first one. 
Did you get divorced during the meantime? That- <laughs> <laughs> then he went to a 91 Harley Springer and then a 96 Harley FLHTP police bike. So now he's getting into the bigger, kind of bigger bikes, more comfortable, yeah. to a 2001 Harley Fat Boy. Mm-hmm. All right. And then an 85 Yamaha VMAX, because I think he was thinking, wait oh, a minute. Oh, yeah. I- I'm missing that blast from the mm, past. Yeah. That metric speed. Mm-hmm. And then his current bike is a 2000 Harley Electric Glide STD. Uh, he loves the show, and if he's ever in California, he'd love to stop by. And if any of us are in Boston area, drop him an email, and we'll do some riding. By the way... I need some oysters. You will get taken up on that. His up-the-butt mm-hmm. bike. Anyone want to take a guess? Mm-hmm. Uh... Uh, trying to think of some. No, big, I'm big hung up on the fact that Harley made a bike called the STD. Not a Harley. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> uh, it's standard. He just abbreviated oh, okay. it. It's <laughs> extra glide standard. Um, it's not a Harley. Uh, BMW sport bike. Good guess. No bagel. Moto Guzzi. It is a Moto Guzzi. Oh, 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 oh the uh, Flying Fortress. That is right. Yes. Ah. <laughs> the Misfits got it. The Flying Fortress. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So that's a cool uh, list of bikes. Uh, kind of like me. I've gone Good through a little bike. bit of each. I like to see someone who's gone through them. So this is a Harley rider that I can't say that I hate because he speaks from experience about other styles of riding. It sounds like he might be at a point where he wants to spice it up a little too. Like, all right, I want to get back to some, you know, something the Harleys won't give him. But anyway, whatever. well, he's not know. that far from Cleveland. Yeah. Jim, what do you got there? <laughs> so this one's kind of cool. So, uh, hello, fellow misfits. So this is from David Smith. Shout out to Big David. Uh, my name is David Smith, obviously, from Columbus, Ohio. Hopefully we get to see you at AMA Vintage Days. I will be the person riding around on fire, most likely. And, uh, and naked. <laughs> yes, right. Oh, wait, that's you, Jim, or him? All of the above. No, me. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I'll be 24 on June 14th, as well as my girlfriend on the 24th. The reason I mention is she doesn't know yet. I've got for her an 04 Rebel 250 to start out on, and she's been wanting a motorcycle for years now to ride with me. Aww. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I was hoping you could give her some advice on gearing up, uh, maybe how it should fit, as I'm sure once she starts riding, she will be as excited every Monday morning at work to listen to as I am. Thanks so much for the show, and I love all of you, especially Bagel. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he said that I love knock. Uh, P.S. I ride a 91 Bandit 400. Ah, oh, cool. Oh. And I'm building an 81 GPZ 550. Right on. And uh, my up-to-butt bike is... Oh, cool. Right on retro. 72 Kawasaki H2750. Oh, oh yeah. uh, We see those at the shows a lot. Those are cool. Yeah, they have one at... Uh, dude, dude, last year at um, Vintage Days, there was a dude on one of those at 3 a.m. doing burnout <laughs> on a 2x8 to oh. set it on fire. Oh, my awesome. God. I'm sure that worked. <laughs> and we were camping about five spots away. Oh, and shit. Had- <laughs> you going to get woken up by something? <laughs> It may as well be that. And the pipes were glowing red. So do you have any quick advice on gearing up, uh, maybe how it should fit, Uh, blah, blah, blah? I know a lot of women have trouble because um, it's more expensive to get stuff that fits women, and you have less choices unless you really like pink. Mm. Um, 
But no, there are choices out there, and there are a lot of companies, if you're willing to pay the extra money, there are a lot of companies that have started making stylish women's clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and some motorcycle shops that are that are specifically gearing towards women riders, like uh, um, the, uh, what's the one in San, San Jose? Road Rider. Road Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they've been excellent women's clothing. You know, the, the other thing I'll say, and, and the only reason I chime in is because me and Jake are always looking for, if you don't know Jake, she's a girl. <laughs> Me and Jake are looking for motorcycle girl. We went to, you know, we went to uh, cycle gear over the hill with a wad of cash in our pocket to buy a jacket and a helmet, right, for like our birthday and shit. And we left empty-handed because there was like just nothing there. And I would suggest figure out what you want, which is gear, and and check out eBay. I mean, mm-hmm. you can get mo- motorcycle gear, re- good stuff, really reasonable, but you get a much bigger selection that you do at a retail store. You don't get to try it on, though. And it, it, true, but you can, yeah, I, there's different ways to look at it, but yes. Help me out, Bagel, because I'm blanking on the name right now, but I okay. own one of their jackets. Hein? Uh, hold on. The scooter company. The scooter Go-Go? company because in, up Big in Oregon. One. Oh. Uh, because um, when my neighbor Angela got into riding. And yeah, Carrazzo. I, Carrazzo. Yeah. And I showed her, I said, hey, by the way, check this out. Mm-hmm. This company, Carrazzo, makes some really stylish, like trench coat style jackets that are actually armored. They have some really nice looking jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not to say that women need to be stylish to be excited to ride, but you know, it's a perk. But women like to be stylish. We, all, we all like so. to be stylish. Yeah. We all do. Um, My style is Stormtrooper. That doesn't mean it's everybody's. Um, no, I'd say the best person to reach out to is actually Joanne Dawn from the Motorific Podcast, also known mm-hmm. as Gear Chick. Gear Chick. Um, and yeah, I believe cool. she Shout works out. for Revzilla or did. Oh, cool. And she really knows the ins and outs of what's available for women, especially for smaller women, um, and what's going to fit different bodies. She's very well versed in that. Um, I'm not. I am an Amazon, and I wear <laughs> lo- I wear extra large and double XL men's clothing. <laughs> so I don't really know what's available. Hey! hey not here. You guys done recording? We're reading some emails right now. We're just talking shit about you. you. Yep. This one has your name on it. Why don't you uh, pull up a chair Literally. next to Jim? And, so and uh, you can just share a mic. So, um, Bagel, you have an email there? Yes, I do. Um, this one is titled Getting Old, fitting in with our theme we were talking about earlier. Uh, this is from Michael Hill. He says, hey, Misfits, not my first mail, but this time I'm actually looking for thoughts on Enduro-sized bikes. I guess he means Enduro. Um, and he says, yesterday I got my ass handed to me in an Enduro rally here in PA. The Dirty Dabber's Great Adventure. 100 miles of single track fire roads, asphalt, etc. Normal PA off-road rally experience. Well, the first 20 miles told me that I'm either too old, late 40s, out of shape, or have the wrong size bike for this. All the above. <laughs> I, I, expect, I expect it's a mix of all three. Most of the single track was, was uphill, loose rock, narrow trails with youngsters passing those of us that were slower. I bailed from the rally at Reset C when I got back to my group after one such grueling hill where I dropped the ride at least four times once or at least four times once with me doing an over the handle bar forward roll all at low speed what i noticed is even with a 36 inch inseam i found myself pawing in the air with my low side foot rather than finding the ground to dab myself back vertical i am not a little guy six foot 240 pounds and not completely soft 52 inch chest 38 inch waist (laughs) but picking up my 2006 xr650l completely wiped me out 
Mm-hmm. Overall, when when down overall, I went down at least eight times yesterday. Thank, thanks to good gear, I have only two strained wrists and one weak shoulder. Oh, oh. my god. <laughs> Bike damage is is bent front brake lever, two broken mirrors, a right turn signal that isn't functioning. That's all I found so far. <laughs> that sounds about right. Your I mean. first mistake yeah. was yeah. having all those things on the bike. <laughs> yeah. It was a dual sport of it, right? So yeah, and he and he said, "No, Emma, Ooh, I'll yeah. fix it myself. No need to take it off my hands for three hundred dollars." What you got to do is break be the left a uh, turn signal for symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, "I like the power, suspension, and range of the big XR, but it definitely is too." heavy and tall for such riding for this older fart any ideas on downsizing a dollar range would be in the three thousand to five thousand dollar area thanks for the great podcast mike i wasn't paying attention what's the question <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's talking about downsizing from, yeah, yeah. but potentially from his uh, xr 650l <laughs> yeah, that is a big bike. Yeah, he's doing like these dual sport events and races oh, and a, shit like that. It's gonna be hard to downsize because he says he's like six well, foot four. Well, for two three thousand, so yeah. I don't know that the KTM's are in that range even used. No. Um, you but but you know, though. oh wait, what was the bike that um, our friend had? Uh, was it? It was a two fifty. The nice Megan. Or that dude that had the, the KTM 690 Enduro. That no, 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 fucking no, no, no. His ass Sam. Around. Sam? Sam, I want to say it was like a it Yamaha. Was, uh, no, was it like an XL250? Yeah. No, it's a WR250X. Uh, WR250X, Yamaha. Yeah. Yamaha. Uh-huh. That bike, because it had, I think, six gears. Mm-hmm. He said it does like 80, 90 on the freeway. Is that the one with big chubby wheels? Uh, no. And it, was, it, was, it was a streamlined bike. If he could, because he's a big dude, was, but if he could carry him around, and he had uh, luggage like side bags that went on it, so he used it as a commuter on the freeway. But also, it was a nimble enough bike that he could do the sheet iron. I was really impressed with that bike, to be honest. It's actually a good bike. Some say it's overpriced because they want like six and a half, seven or something oh, well, out of the maybe factory. Maybe that's but off the list. Then. It's still, pr- it's it's a it's a Yamaha. And it's an awesome, really well built motorcycle. You know, so yeah. well, I mean, I don't know. What, have they made them? Continuously oh, wow. for a while, because if not, I bet you could pick. What if you picked up like a 2009 or 2010? Or well, the thing is, they've made them for a while, and they're like reliable. And the people who have them know what they have, and they know they could compa- command a really good price. It's one of those bikes that it's highly desirable and just a really good bike. So it says yeah. it's from 2008, and they haven't really changed it except cosmetically since. Yeah, it's a Motard, right? The X is a Motard. It looks like a Motard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really impressed with that bike. So, Nock, since I, I said earlier that I wasn't going to read emails, it sh- sent love to someone who wasn't here, and then you came. <laughs> so, I'm going to let you read this email. <laughs> People like me. Except they can't spell your name. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, here we go. I just, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, what did I do? It's not a picture of Liza's dick, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> There's too many of those. All right, what can't you got there, Nock? Okay, uh, just catching up a few weeks back, um, a few weeks of back episodes while pulling the front brakes apart from my 78 R100 RS. Nice. By the way, those calipers, uh, those piston calipers came out, those caliper pistons came out like a rocket after 40 years of abuse <laughs> and the strategic use yes. of compressed air. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. They kind of shoot out yeah. air compresses a little bit. Uh, how the hell does one justify $30 seals? Enough complaining. This is, this is, <laughs> this is the best part. Really I just wanted really I just wanted to say I like Nock. Uh, no one seems to say that. He should get bonus points for longevity on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll buy him a burrito and a beer <laughs> if he uh, makes it to Maine. He knows you. He really knows you. He does. I fucking love burritos. <laughs> 
um, or if I find my way to Santa Cruz. Uh, well, thanks, Diano Circo uh, from uh, from Maine. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and he's been writing in for a while too. Right on, cool. Yeah. Um, how long have I been doing this thing? Way too long, probably. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Define too long. Oh shit! I'm still here. You still still complaining about the shit? Yeah. Uh, you know what? And I just want to complain for a second because he said, "Don't you know?" Complain about his thirty dollars seals. So we had another new guy show up today, Dave, who bought yes. a. Uh, a ve- older Vespa, Vespa P two hundred, P two hundred. Yep. Bagel was running late, so I was left with this guy with a scooter asking all sorts of questions. So I just start doing it. Oh, well, you better take that off. Oh, you better. Oh, it looks like you need to oil that. I just kind of keep <laughs> oh. giving him jobs. <laughs> oh no, because I don't know what's going on. And uh, he he needed to replace his clutch cable, amongst other things. And his mm-hmm. first question was. Yeah, I can't tell if it's a clutch that's messed up or the cable because I can't get it. It like engage, disengages really slow, and I can't get it going to gear. I'm like, well, disconnect the clutch cable, and we'll know if it's the cable or the clutch. Right. Um, but that said, he pops out this bag that has 32 cables in it. Why? I don't know what all these cables are for. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you bought them all? He goes, yeah, it's 40 bucks for a set. No, it was really just what was it like eight cables? How uh, something like that. It basically was the it was a uh, the two shifter cables, the clutch cable, throttle cable, choke cable, uh, rear brake cable, and then two front brake cables because there's two different variations. Whether it's U.S. market Vespa or European market Vespa. Okay, point is he just bought a whole new set of all cables for his bike for mm-hmm. forty bucks. Yeah, and also he was saying, yeah, when I first got it, it wasn't running right. I needed to pull the carbs and clean it. But I said I just bought a new one. I'm like, wow, how was it? Didn't, how much did that cost? Oh, it's only eighty bucks for a new one. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, that's pretty cheap for fucking carbs, man. Yeah, God well, it's, damn it, it's an Indian repop, you know. We're, yeah, we're missing out on this cheap shit. Yeah, and I'm like, give me that package. Is this some Chinese bullshit, dude? <laughs> yeah, get yourself an FCR39 for a for a DRZ SM. That's like eight hundred dollars right there. Wow, just for a fucking you can, carb. You, you might be able to life. find a P200 like that for eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Tough to find it these days, but they're they're around for yeah. decent price. All right, I think you, we have... you should you should get one, Liza. I'm telling you, you'd love it. <sighs> if the parts are that cheap, yeah, I just might have to. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean that's cheaper than my um, elites. Yeah, you'd probably have more fun on it than the elites too. Cut it out, bagel. Ring ding ding. Cut it out. <laughs> You're an enabler. Who me? Horrible. You're an enabler. Enabler. <laughs> Even though I keep reminding uh, my friend Raven, I said, you know. You are a scooterist now, so I love you dearly, but I won't wave at you on the road. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm, a, I'm still a biker because I ride bikes. You don't have a bike. You have a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep reminding her now. Um, <laughs> she had to try to climb that ladder, huh? Hey, so I got another email from our friend Darren Calder in the UK, and he had emailed us uh, previously that he was going to be uh, taking the test, and he'd, he'd recently taken the test. They had the tiered licensing there, and he had started out on a small bike. Oh, yeah, our friend from in England. Yes. yes. And so he said, hello, misfits. I sit at home riding to let you know that I have passed my full motorcycle module one and module two, so I'm now legal to ride any bike excellent yeah that's great transformer fucking modules and shit so he says after not eating as much and avoiding to pay a few bills i've bought my first bike after learning it's a cbf 600 and i can't wait to ride oh that's a good bike but i have to wait for the paperwork to come back in my name from the dvla i assume that's like the dmv yeah then i can tax and insure it 
I might have sold my C- CG125 that he's writing for. Someone is coming to collect it tomorrow, so at least I'll have money to pay a bill, but no bike to ride. Ooh. I left my new bike in the shop until my paperwork <coughs> comes back. I can't have keys and no paperwork, and that would be difficult trying to not to ride my first big bike. So mm-hmm. that sucks. You pay for the bike. Right. I mean, out here, we're just... Uh, we scoff the law here, I think, right? <laughs> license? Who needs a license? Yeah. Who's going to check on that? <laughs> We're like, woohoo, take the bike home. He is being so responsible. Mm-hmm. Well, they're really intense about it over I there. Know. They are. I've been watching British traffic cops reality TV. And they're, they're, really, <laughs> they're really intense about it. Do they just it. like stop uh, running after thieves and go, tea time? No, sort of. <laughs> no, they have, they have cameras. Yeah, they have automatic number plate recognition cameras that yeah. will ping your plate and then and then and like show up in the nearest car and be like hey this guy doesn't have insurance or something and they'll go and they'll take your bike and they'll crush it well darren have fun on that (laughs) that 600 that's going to be quite a different ride from that cg 125 but sounds like you earned it and you passed the tests of which we have none yeah (laughs) literally here you take a written test Yep, mm-hmm. you're good to go. Now well, go we out and learn. Take a skill test. And, and, yeah, and you do a little lollipop, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I know. All right, we got time for one more. Isaac, do you have one? There? Yeah, I'll do the short one. Um, that's a good-looking bike. Nice job, Darren. Yeah. FC6. Oh, oh, is that your... Oh. No, it's the version of the FC6. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what the C... Yep. is. is. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's a great-looking bike. Let's see. Oh, yeah, good-looking bike. Oh, nice. Wow, that's pretty. I like that more than the FC6. I know. Um, I like the bikes that we can't get. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like works. the what's what's the one that uh what's the one that um got Corbin has this M one M one M T O one. Yeah, oh, that's nice. That's an up the butt bike for me. Oh man, yeah, you showed mm. it to me. Actually, Masters you know what? Actually, what we were talking about earlier, Harley and Ducati merge. Mm-hmm. The M T one is very similar because they basically took their big twin engine from their cruisers and put it into a like a muscle sport bike. Oh, it's so and that's nice. what the M T O one is. Oh, By the way, what God. year is the M T O one? I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. I'm guessing 90s? late 90s, I think. Well, yeah. did you uh, hear about Phil's recent ac- acquisition? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Which one? The car? The bike? The car. Which one? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because the Nissan Figaro. Nissan because Figaro. Uh, Yeah, because yeah, cars that are over, what, like 20 years old, I think, now, or in, in Japan, are, are basically their tax so high that it doesn't make sense for people to keep them, so they sell them, and, yep. yeah. and you can import them into the U.S. because they're now vintage vehicles and stuff and that oh. mto one so. it's 2005 to 2012 so i think the one that mike corbin has is not that old okay he said he'd yeah, sell it to me for 10 grand hmm. oh my god really wow. it's the only one in the state he actually said that he'd is sell plated it for 10 grand wow. it's the only one in the states plated because he was oh, able to bring god. it in under the clause that he has to have it here to fit for resale right so what oh it's the class's muscle bike on the MTO one yeah it's a badass mushroom bike um, okay <laughs> were you well, still I, reading I do have a podcast I mean a uh, uh, email um so it's titled the podcast and barber saved the bank account this is from uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay this is from Mitch in Alabama he says our uh, Long-time listener from Kansas City here, and I must thank the podcast. I recently spent a month driving around northern Alabama for work, uh, 200 hours behind the wheel of a rented expedition. Back home, I commute every day to work on the Kawasaki Z750S and wrench on project cycles in my free time, so the prospect of not touching a motorcycle for over a month was a dreadful thought. Mm-hmm. Just before leaving, I sold my Project 82 XS400 Maxim and had cash burning a hole in the pocket. 
In the first week, all the new podcasts I saved for Motorcycles and Misfits and Cleveland Moto ran dry. And <laughs> after snooping around Craigslist for the 20th time, finding a $200 Aero 125 and checking where to extract cash with no plan on how to get it home, I made a much more <laughs> rational decision. I boldly restarted Motorcycles and Misfits from the beginning. Oh. <laughs> Instead of buying the 200 wow. arrow. And, uh, <laughs> I think and, that's a merit badge. You get a merit badge for doing that. Yeah, right. And, and on, the, on the day one, on the first day I wasn't working, I drove south to Barber Motorcycle Museum. I laughed every time a Craigslist porn pick of the week came up <laughs> as that prevented me from making poor decisions of my own. There you <laughs> go. Thanks to the podcast for tiding me over for the month. I celebrated the end with buying parts for the fiance's cycle and had them installed the same afternoon I got home. I'm trying to get into riding dirt as well. Many of you just started. What are your thoughts on the new Versus X300? I like I, it. I went and looked at it at Emma's shop. No? Yeah? Yeah, what, yeah. What did you think? It was like Sit a dirt it. bike being on I a... I did. It, it's... Not as small as I thought, because a lot of times these smaller bikes, like the CBR 300s or the Ninjas mm-hmm. 250s, they're all small for me. It actually fit me very well. I thought it'd be a great yeah. bike for Jake. I know we had discussed got, that at one time. I got a quick question for you. Would okay. you opt out buying one of those instead of a CSC? Uh, no. Really? No, and you I'll tell you why. When I was looking at it, I was very interested... At the same price, or what are the prices? I I don't remember how much the price is between the uh, Versus 300, the Versus 650, and the Versus 1000. The the price went up. I'm going to just throw out a guess that the, I think the Versus 300 was maybe like six grand, and the 750, I mean, the 650 is like eight or nine grand, and that the next one was like 11 or 12 grand. Yeah. But, um, I couldn't. I still can't justify spending that much on a three hundred. That for for us here has more limited use. I mm. I actually one of my proudest moments. Uh, a customer who comes in a coffee shop where I work. He told me, "Hey, I'm getting rid of my old bike and I'm getting a new bike. It'll probably be the last one. We're moving away. I want a touring bike, something like that." He was looking at BMWs and Hondas and stuff, and I was like, "Check out the Versus." He came back. He's like, "I got a Versus 1000. Is the be- is like the most fun bike I've ever ridden." I didn't even know they made the 1000 at that point. It's beautiful. He's he's tricked it out like a like a GS or like mm-hmm. a, a sport touring bike, yeah. but for way cheaper. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, I was considering if I was to get a new Versus for what I'm using it for, more touring and carving, mm-hmm. I would look at the Versus 1000, not the 300. The 300, um, really, if I was going to use that for doing like enduro riding or something, which you'd want to have a 300 for, there's a bucket of bikes I'd get before that, the WR or uh, even just an XL 250 or something, mm. you know? Interesting. It, it seems like in that those those displacements right now, they're just kind of throwing shit out there and see what people bite on. Because pretty much uh, everybody's making those small displacement bikes now. I mean, I, which well, I support. I love seeing it, and we, and I you know like how Charlie and Michael went and rode bikes, and they said they had a lot of fun on those. Uh, and I support you know, having those smaller bikes, especially for learners. Yeah, I think really what we need. I think we all agree. We need tiered licensing, and then that will create a market yeah. for all those bikes, which are really yep. great bikes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why they're not used. Um, and they're really made for urban areas. If I was living and working in San Francisco, that Versus 300 might be perfect. There's this weird phenomena. Like, 
smaller displacement bikes sell in the states, but they're super expensive. They're like the high performance ones. They're like KTM's mm-hmm. that people use to go, uh, you know, off roading, and and you can get a plated like a 350 EXC or whatever the fuck it is, and it's a 350, but it's expensive as fuck. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. just that not much. It's like, like I said. Uh, well, it, it may be a factor of, of uh, because there's less demand for the smaller bikes, yeah. they have to charge a higher price to, in order sure. to bring them in yeah. to justify yeah. it. So if, if there was more demand in the smaller end, that could change things in yeah. the price range. I think mostly I really like that, um, you know, for so many years it was the speed wars and bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. it was getting bigger. Right. Um, and I think there's a lot more deaths and accidents because of that. You can have a boatload of fun on a little bike without sure. risking your life and other people's lives. It was like that listener we were talking to, and Yuri echoed the same story. Went up to a leader bike, and then next thing you know, they're like, yeah, I'm going to back it back down to a 750 because the leader bikes were that much more dangerous. Yeah. And you well, can have just as much performance and fun on it. I mean, look at um, the KTMs, yeah. all these uh, 400s that they have. Loads of fun, perfect, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for carving hills and stuff. So right. I support and, it. And then the email that I read from the guy, he's looking to downsize because his bike's just too heavy, you know, and, and yeah. a smaller bike doesn't weigh as much. It's about, I mean, it's for what you're using it for, like, the only place where it's really nice to have something really big and really heavy is if you're going a long distance. Then it's super nice to just be sitting on a huge flying couch. No, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, like sure. seeing the trend of the smaller bikes for all these we reasons. We definitely said. need them. But just the same as I love the electrics, the zeros and such, it doesn't fit my needs yet. So um, it doesn't work for me or the writing I do or for a lot of us here where we're in a area that almost all of us hop on freeways to get Mm -hmm. places. I I still have to go to Costco on my bike, so I need it. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I love the little bikes, though, and I think that was, how did we even get on that topic? I forget. He asked about the 300X. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So, (laughs) somehow, even though we started out, we started, see you guys visit, we started out with just me and Bagel, and then Jim shows up just in time to recording, I'm like, all right, good, this is getting better, and then Isaac came in halfway the I, knock at the end it's like okay good i feel like people get their money's worth now right. we're not shortchanging uh, anyone today i All would right. have been on time too except yeah. i i managed to uh disable my brakes half an hour before recording oops well there you go oh that reminds me another one of uh, these kids these days mm-hmm. charlie pushes his triumph up today uh-oh yeah it's not running, won't start. Uh, uh, I'm waiting down? for James to come over with his reader because he's got a reader for that bike so he can get mm. his codes, find mm. out what's wrong. So he's waiting for James. Um, meanwhile, he's just kind of going through things and, and he's like, yeah, the battery's low. It's at 11. I'm like, we'll charge it, dude. <laughs> charge it. Um, and as he's doing all these things, he's like, ah, shit. It was a fuse. <laughs> <laughs> he Get blew impression. a fuse um but you know and then james shows up with a reader and so but you know his go-to was like well no point in working on the bike i'm gonna have to wait for the reader to get the codes to see what's going on mm-hmm. instead of going through basics and i'm like well oh so you turn the key and nothing 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 happened that's the first thing you check i know <laughs> was it no main? he assumed it was a computer and it shut it down oh, no no son he no, said he was son. just riding and the whole thing shut down and then uh he i said well what 
what would have drained your battery and would blow a fuse? He goes, well, I have to admit, I did use like a 30 amp jumper or something like that, you know? What? Like, what? Okay. Okay, yeah, like a 30 amp jumper. You're going to start a diesel truck? I don't know. I don't know. Jesus. But I'm just saying, <laughs> stick to the basics. Stick to the simple stuff. Don't make it so complicated. I hate all the electronics. It blew his mind. It's hard views. to be a mechanic with all these goddamn electronics. It was I just like talking years. shit about it when he's out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So I guess uh, upcoming, lots of dirt biking we got coming up. Yeah, Independence uh, Day Rally. Uh, next weekend, we have the Hollister Rally. Yeah, Independence Day Rally. Always a good time in Hollister. That if any of y'all want to join us, Jim and I, we change the time to 10 a.m. 7.30. Yep. 11. Uh, 10 a.m. We're going to be meeting here at the garage. You're going to be then... seeing a lot of leathery old ladies. Well, here's the deal. Jim and I... And not, we're not talking about the clothing. <laughs> at least Jim and I know the scene. And so we are just going to go to the Corbin factory and just catch the outer skirts of the Hollister rally. <laughs> and just the events skirts. that happened there. Yeah. That's all you need. I'll say, there I'll, were stunters last year. Mm-hmm. I'll say Corbin's is chill. A, because yeah. Corbin's a super chill dude. Mike Corbin is so generous. But it's like a nice little place on the outskirts of the the craziness where you get to like, I mean, last year, like Liza got her picture taken. It was like Mike Corbin. Craig Vetter and Sonny Barger. Barger. Yeah. 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 And Liza's right in the middle. And it was a picture of Sonny kissing you. (laughs) So you get to see fun stuff over there. So you didn't go to the center of the activity and get in a gang fight? <laughs> I thought that's where the magic happened. We did go, and every block and every booth was the same four booths repeating. It's oh, like you had the t shirt yeah. and bandana booth, and then you got the patch and sunglass booth, yeah. and then you had the uh, cheap, shitty leather knives and leather <laughs> yeah. booth, and then you had the nuts. I don't know why there kept being nuts booths, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it would repeat. Yeah, over and over. Over yeah. and over and over. But you know, over it's something. It's actually, it's kind of fun. Oh, it's, nuts and jerky, nuts and jerky. Nuts and jerky. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Did you see a lot of uh, the bitch fell off T-shirts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I had the um, scariest Mexican food I've ever had there. It made my teeth hurt for two days. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so we're going to be going out to Mike Corbin, the Corbin factory, and you get to see a lot of what's going on. And there's booths set up there and stunt riding. Like I said, it's got his own little thing happening. Scrambled eggs. Um, but um, we will then. The next uh, couple days later, we're heading out to Ohio, where we're going to be there for the Vintage Days with Phil and the gang. So much happening there. That is such a major event. But not just that. Um, Electric Terry and Alan Smith, some of our friends here on their veterized bikes. Um, Well, actually, Terry's not on his veterized bike. He's going to be on a Zero. Alan Smith is on his veterized Ninja 250. Um, They're going to be meeting us out there. And I don't want to say too much except that... By that weekend, it's possible that Electric Terry would have set another record. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Charger's going to give birth on the motorcycle. He's riding <laughs> Most dogs carried simultaneously on a motorcycle. With his dog, Charger on the tank. Wow. So, um, yeah, if you were anywhere in this country, <laughs> you have a good chance of seeing Electric Terry with his dog. And if you do, wave. But do not swerve and try and block them. Because he will kick your car. He's going to get pulled over so many times. That's got to be illegal in at least one state. Uh, Right. (laughs) Like, there's got to be some obscure law. I I bet he's checked and found a route where he can do it. Yeah. (laughs) Probably has a dog motorcycle helmet or something. (laughs) Yeah, sorry I can't make it out there, Doggles. I know you're disappointed, but Uh... I'm sorry. 
Bad news. I know. Send Fuck my regards God. to Emmy. <laughs> Send my regards to Emmy. Yeah, so ah. we, got, we got a lot of st- uh, stuff coming up, so be looking for that. And um, I think that's it. Again, thank you to our Patreon subscribers um, and to yeah. our all of our followers. Instagram, uh, Jim, who does the Instagram page, he's been pumping that. Instagram's cool. And I will say there's a lot of people that follow us in California, man. Stop by on a Sunday or try to pencil it in and uh and give us a heads up we'll do a fun ride something like that and um and i'll throw this out here's a here's Uh-oh. we're gonna sweeten the pot again uh-huh. you, give you, a show. you should be saying that <laughs> for any new patreon subscriber that goes over a quarter i think we have five limited edition naked gym coffee mugs over a- <laughs> wait what wait, over hold on, a hold quarter on. hold on hold on like hold 25 on. cents hold on hold on hold on because i'll subscribe no 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 no, no. hold on hold on <laughs> I know. I think that. I think to get a naked gym coffee mug, limited edition. Okay. Which you too can order. Because there's only seven. <laughs> Zazzle.com. <laughs> I think we've had a bunch of new people at the five dollars a month. Okay, cool. And I've been working on coming up a reward for them. Do you think we, this is the reward? I'm down. Yeah. Okay. So for the. People who currently have subscribed at $5 a month who have not yet received a reward of any kind, these are the ones who came, who subscribed after we ran out of the the t-shirt rewards, and I've been working on a new thing. Let's say the next them, and there's uh, just a few more spots after that, uh, you're going to get a Naked Gym mug. Yeah, it's pretty you get, funny. You get Naked Gym in your mouth. They're so hard to figure out because you cannot figure out how to get the uh, parental controls off the website. So, <laughs> um, I will say, though, if you're not really excited about the naked gym mug it does have the motorcycles and misfits logo on the other side yeah <laughs> so it is possible if you just keep a naked gym turned towards you the world will just think you're a motorcycles and misfits fan yeah <laughs> and, and make sure you're among friends because the temperature of the uh, liquid does something to the graphics removes the sensor <laughs> i am gonna actually make a plea um are if you're on Facebook and you have not liked Recycle Santa Cruz, we're at nineteen hundred and ninety-four. We're six away from two thousand oh, likes. Wow. It's killing me. We're just whoring ourselves today. It's Horribly. killing me. Please like us. Ah, it will suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why you don't get that many love emails. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Just saying. Send more emails about me. Okay. On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We so appreciate it. Keep the emails coming. And just remember, if you make them a little bit shorter, they're more likely to be read on air. But if they are long, we're still going to read them. And I do share them with those that are mentioned. We'll tend to paraphrase them, but yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, we keep getting visitors coming through. That's awesome. So come on down. There's so much fun to do here, but the roads, we cannot tell you enough how good our roads are. So I guess now we got to go out and find the curviest road since uh, we've been challenged from creative writing. True, true. Uh, Just go on 236. You're set. Yeah, well, that's what I said. That's all five miles of on there. Uh, Curvy shit. So again, thank you for listening. I'm ready to get out of here. This is Liza. This is Nog. Naked Jim. Bagel. Isaac. Hey, and we're out of here. Cool. Cool.